we said, Santa, Santa. And she said, it was probably your dad. And we were like, what? And she said, God is magical. And your dad wanted to make sure that you had something for Christmas. This is from your dad. Hi, I'm Crystal Carson, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and if you're in need of a blast of good, have we got the show for you. This is World Gone Good, where we shine the light and or find the light in the darkness to prove this here planet Earth ain't so bad after all. Hey, here's two good websites you should definitely check out, worldgonegoodpodcast.com. That's our good little home away from home where all our episodes live along with some of the real fun stuff. And speaking of fun, good stuff, the other site to check out patreon.com slash world gone good the only place to find me posting baking videos catch-ups with former good guests and advanced extended audio clips that you get to hear before anyone else along with a whole bunch of other good stuff so check out world gone good podcast.com and patreon.com slash world gone good for all the good there is to get your good on with Our three-year anniversary is heading our way to celebrate. We are sharing some of our favorite good conversations completely unedited. Last time, we got our wicket on with Wendy Worthington. So much fun. It was so much fun. If you didn't get it to hear it, you definitely should go back one episode and listen to Wendy talk all about her musical adventures, specifically as part of the touring cast of the Broadway smash hit, Wicked. Today... We're getting our Christmas jingle on, our spirit going a little early with my pal, Crystal Carson. We originally aired part of Crystal's story way, way, way back in episode 15, our first ever Holidays Gone Good show. I love Crystal and I've loved this story so much. I originally heard this story, I can't tell you how many years ago, I think 30 years ago. And I wanted you to hear the full version of it, the full conversation, unedited and uninterrupted. Why? Because it's so good and it is so magical. Here comes Crystal Carson with her full good holiday gone good story. Welcome to the holiday show, Crystal Carson. Thank you, Steve Silver. And Mary Mary and all that. So you have a story from your childhood. Um, and I think you have to do a little bit of setup to get to that part of the the one part of the story that we both know pretty well. But yeah. I, I think it's pretty magical. So I'm gonna just give Aww. you the floor and I'll I'll um I'll ask you some questions at the end, or if I if I have something to clarify, I'll jump in and interrupt you. Yeah, please do. Um when I was seven years old, my father died of osteosarcoma, and I was the eldest of, at the time, four kids. And um, I was seven. My young, next youngest sister, let's see, the time I'm talking about now for the story, um, I would have still been 
seven. So she would have been about to turn six because it was Christmas time, obviously. And my brother was four and the other brother was two. And my dad dies. My mom's 21. And she suddenly, you know, she doesn't have a job. She was actually going to nursing school. And my dad worked for the, um, the Omaha World Herald. And he was, he worked in Lincoln and we would pick up the papers at the train station when they came in from Omaha and then deliver the bundles to all the paper boys. And then they would go out and deliver them and any extra routes we would deliver. So it was a, it was definitely a family affair, but, um, when he suddenly passed away from this cancer, the doctors didn't catch what it was. It was in his leg and they just thought he was having Charlie horses or, you know, whatever. And when they, Finally, when my mother was pregnant with the fifth child and um, she demanded that he go in and take her appointment, because back then you didn't have individual like doctors didn't specialize so much. You know, it's it's Nebraska. You had a doctor and your doctor saw you for every damn thing you did. So um, (laughs) there's no gynecologist versus whatever. So my dad, my my mom refuses. My dad's like, no, I don't need an appointment. I don't need to spend the money because we're not exactly you know, he's got a lot of kids and one on the way and he doesn't make a ton of money. So he refuses to go. And then she says, well, I'm not going to go. And now it's too late to cancel it. So that appointment is just going to cost us money for nothing. And rather than fight with her, uh, you know, as the time got closer and closer to the time when he was supposed to go, my cheapskate dad got in his little Datsun pickup and drove over there. And they told him that he had three months to live. And uh, they were accurate with that. Um, we went and, and they saw, uh, like, got a second opinion and this and that. I mean, it was in complete denial. It, it was insane. Um, my, he died. Uh, my mother ended up miscarrying um, after, excuse me, let me say that differently. She had a, she gave birth, but the baby died three days later. And so, just my mom is a wreck and has denounced God practically. I didn't know this at the time, but that's what she told me later, which is so crazy because she is one of the most Christian Catholic. I mean, this lady goes to church several times a week. She volunteers. So for me, that was really like, you, you what? She's like, I was so mad at God. So by the time he died in, he died in January. And by the time we were headed for Christmas, um, mom had had to figure some things out. (laughs) Uh, She couldn't lay in bed all day. There was all these kids to take care of. And so she started, she dropped out of school. She started doing my dad's job. She moved, excuse me, she chokes me up. She's amazing. My mother, we moved his office to the back of our house. And my sister and I kind of ran the household. My sister was great at cleaning and I was pretty good at cooking and I would help everybody with homework and everybody had their, like the two-year-old, his job was to scrub the floor. So cute. He was just there and scrub the floors. Um, Everybody had jobs. So (laughs) he had a broken leg at one point and he's still scrubbing the floor, but he can't learn how to walk all over again when the cast came off. Anyway, we used to call him teensy tiny toddler. Um, So 
why am I telling you that? So my mom at this point doesn't have a lot of friends because she, her mom had several kids still at home. Her mom and she were pregnant at the same time. Actually, my uncle and I are a few months apart. And so, and they lived quite a ways, four hour drive away. And they wanted her to move home. And she was like, I'm not moving home with with my huge family and putting that on your huge family. It's no. And none of her other family, she was the eldest. So there was nobody making money or an older brother to like, say, let me help you out. There was really kind of nothing. And um, kind of came from a very small town. And most of the people in that small town were very poor. Many were farmers, but those that lived in town were very poor and um, far away. So she had moved to Lincoln with my dad and they had, they hadn't even lived there a year before he passed away. Um, so she just worked. She just threw herself into this job and between, you know, helping us make sure that we had what we needed for going shopping for groceries and, and getting clothes and stuff, um, and working. And it was just a 24 hour job. It really was. We didn't see anybody else. So as Christmas started coming upon us, um, and I was just asking my mom, like, why didn't everybody come to our place for Christmas or something? Why or why weren't we going back? And she said that we had been back to Spalding's little town in Thanksgiving, and then a huge snowstorm had come in. So nobody was going to come and visit us. And my mom, though, you have to understand, as devastated as she was, she would refuse to take any kind of welfare or any kind of help from anyone. She earned her own way. We all had paper routes. I was like, the snow banks were taller than me as I was going out trying to deliver papers to people. Um, but my mom always said, isn't this amazing? We have such a, a great life. How many kids do you know who get to earn money? How many kids do you know who get to have this kind of responsibility to cook? You guys are so incredible. And God must really think a lot of us. Well, and your dad. He's with you all the time. How lucky are you for that? Like a lot of kids, you know, they go to school, their their dads get home late maybe from work at seven o'clock. They're doing their homework, but not you. Your dad is with you all day long. Every time you need him, you can talk to him. And just, I never felt like we were burdened by anything. I thought we were extremely privileged and special to have all of this, you know, invisible dad that went with us everywhere and all these responsibilities that meant that we were really smart and got special things. And uh, she talked us into a lot of garbage. Um, <laughs> made us do a lot of work and felt special the whole time. So she was saying how important it was at Christmas time. Um, since we were kind of, there was a big snowstorm coming, we were all going to kind of be locked down. Um, we, we just had to really have fun together. And so she had planned some little board games and, you know, slides and ladders or whatever the heck that thing is called. 
and shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders. I remember we were playing shoots and ladders, which was something like as hard as we worked all the time. It was really, really special. And we would watch all the the Christmas TV shows like Charlie Brown and stuff. We we hardly ever got to watch TV. It was huge. It was just so beautiful. And she was playing Christmas music. And in my recollection of it, it was a perfect Christmas. Now, having spoken to my mother, she was just thrilled, of course, to have her family around her. But at the same time, she knew that there was kind of nothing under that tree. She had gotten my my brother a new toothbrush because he wanted one. <laughs> she goes, I remember I got Dale a new toothbrush. She goes, I don't know what I got the rest of you, but it was all stuff we had to buy anyway. She goes, there was no money for anything. And I was not going to ask anybody for it. And, you know, people didn't really want to, she didn't have a lot of friends, but when you give gifts to a family that's that big, you know, you can't give just one gift to the eldest girl. You've got to give a gift to all the kids. And if they want to give a gift to mom, they, you know, I remember one neighbor coming over with pie for the family because she was like, I wanted to get you each presents versus there's too many of you. <laughs> so we got one pie. Um, but that was fine. And my mom was feeling much more um, upset, I guess, that we weren't going to have any Christmas presents because she knew that once this snowstorm lifted, we were going to go and get this big onslaught of family in Spalding and all the cousins would be there and they would all be talking about what they got for Christmas and that we wouldn't really have anything to talk about. But you know what? At the same time, she was always talking about how important it is to share. <laughs> and she's like, so wait till we get there and you'll see what, what the other kids got for Christmas and you'll get to play with those things. And it's so nice because you won't have to take care of them. You just, you know, we'll all go home and we'll have to clean up or whatever. It was just like a, a good hard sell. So but we didn't know, we didn't know that that meant, you know, we knew we were going to get to play with that, their, their stuff, but we didn't know that meant that like in the morning, there wasn't going to be any more presents than they were tonight. And I was talking to my mom, kind of reminding me of all this story. And she was like, oh, Crystal, that tree. She goes, we didn't have a tree. So I went and I bought um, off um, on sale this uh, one that was up the, the, what's it called? when you have a display, this display tree. And apparently like kids were hanging on it and pieces were missing of branches. And it was a plastic display tree that was up in the store and they took it apart to, she had to put it back together and she couldn't figure out how to put it back together because it wasn't in a box, had no instructions. So she said it was just like pieces, the wrong size sticking out everywhere. Half of them were missing. She goes, it was pathetic. And there was, no presence under the tree. And she just looked at this and she was like, I'm the worst mother ever. Why I should have moved home with my mom. I should have taken her up on it. Why didn't I take, you know, some welfare, or get food stamps or something. I have to spend all our money on necessities. We don't have anything and I can't take care of these kids. So we're having dinner and um, mom, I was asking her what it was and she couldn't remember, but she remembered she tried to make it something special and that pie, we had that pie. So that was going to be good. And she cooked it, which was also good because I didn't have to cook. And so we're sitting there and, and talking about, you know, who cheated on shoots and ladders and just having a wonderful time. And, um, uh, my sister Cheryl remembers 
that we heard something on the roof. And we're like, what was that? And my mom is like, oh, great. You know, like there's snow or branches breaking off and they're probably going to dent the roof and we're going to, you know, have a hole in the roof and all freeze to death. But she's like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, let's get out the pie. You know, this is a great time. And we were asking because um, my friends at school said that they were going to open one present on New Year's Eve, or New Year's Eve, on Christmas Eve, and then the rest would come from Santa in the morning. So we were asking mom, could we open one present tonight? And she thought that it would be better if we waited till the morning. And we thought, well, it's just they, these presents might just get mixed up with everything Santa brings us, but okay. And um, what she knew was, is, you know, the one present that we had there, that was kind of it, and some socks and underwear. And that was going to be it anyway. So we were sitting there at dinner, and after we heard the noise on the roof, oh, so Cheryl remembers this because she said, it's probably Santa and reindeers. And my brothers were like, Santa doesn't come this early. And she says, well, you don't know. Maybe he drops stuff off and then goes on and, you know, comes back later and drops it down. Or maybe it's, anyway, she was sure it was reindeer up there. And just as we were arguing with her that it couldn't possibly be reindeer, um, I was going to say the doorbell rang, but my mom reminded me that the doorbell was broken. So <laughs> this is where we lived. So there's this knock at the door. And, you know, like, uh, anyway, I was going to describe the horrible carpeting we had and the, uh, you know, not a lot of money happening in this house. So there's this knock at the door and we, my mom is a little freaked out by it because we're not expecting anybody. And she had two thoughts go through her head. She thought, oh, great. This is going to be one of our relatives show up and we don't have enough food for them. And then her second thought was, could somebody be caroling? And if so, do I have to invite them in for hot chocolate? We only had enough for us. <laughs> so she's like, let's not answer the door. <laughs> and of course, we're like, are you crazy? It's Santa or whatever. I don't remember what, what we thought it was. But we went to answer the door and opened up the door. And there is this huge I mean, like Grinch that sold Christmas size bag of toys on the front porch. And I mean, in my memory, it was so big. And I asked mom about it today and she was like, there wasn't just one bag. There was several bags. It was like a bag for each kid of stuff. And they were beautifully wrapped and um, just so much volume of stuff and bikes sitting out in the snow. And we were just stunned. And my mom was like, what happened? Who is this from? And now I have two memories of this. And I don't know why this is. My initial memory was that we never saw Santa. Um, and, and we didn't see anybody there. And my mom confirmed, no, we, she said, I saw a car drive away. And that's all it was. And I said, but I have a whole nother memory of Santa walking in our house, walking in the front door. And she said, not that Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and she said, no. Um, apparently a couple of Christmases later, something similar happened. But she said for this Christmas, not, not like that, but I'll tell you about that too. But she said this Christmas, there was all of this stuff. And she said she just spent the whole time looking for a note or a clue 
or some some way to know who to thank. But there was just just uh, and she couldn't figure it out because she didn't work with anybody. She, so she didn't know anybody. She didn't have any friends. She, she, I said, you must have had some idea who it could have been, like a paper boy or somebody. She goes, they were all broke. I didn't know anybody who could have done this. But she said, your dad had a friend who he had worked with in a different state or a different town, Kearney, Nebraska, who had become a lawyer. She had heard that he had just moved to Lincoln and they were like really great friends. She goes, I really didn't know him. Um, they worked together, but she goes, he was the one person that I thought might be able to afford to do this and might have the kind of love and might've been thinking about your dad around that same time and wondering how we were handling, you know, being without him for our very first Christmas. And he might've done that because he might've been very much aware of, because he knew people who knew your dad and we were both from the same small town. So he would have probably known that I had not gone home, that I was not taking any welfare, that I refused any kind of help from anyone and that I was probably (laughs) an idiot and in big trouble. She goes, so maybe he did. She goes, but I never knew how to ask him because if he hadn't, it would sound like, <laughs> hey, did you do this wonderful thing? <laughs> no, <Right>. muck. <laughs> Was I supposed to? No. So she goes, I, I just, and she goes, and I never had time. I, I never had time to really think about it very hard because the very next day we were going to have to work so hard again. And the first of the year was coming up and we were going to have to, I was going to have to pay that mortgage. And I knew I was in trouble with that. It was just no time to think about anything. And so the fact that a good Samaritan who never ever needed any kind of acknowledgement came and dressed everything up in, in such a fantastically Santa magical way for you know, these little kids that would have had a really devastating Christmas given that they were stuck in a snowstorm away from anything they ever knew before, which was normally to be around all of our relatives in this small town, cousins packed upon top of cousins and, you know, dad there and everything was going to be, it was so different anyway. But then to have had nothing the next morning, I think, I don't know. My mom painted things pretty well. And I think she wouldn't appreciate me saying that it might have been sad. But I think it might have been pretty sad. Well, at least hard. I mean, let me ask you a couple of questions. You, your mom at the time, did she just tell you guys it was Santa? Did she just say it must be Santa and bring everything in? Oh, no, she said we said, Santa, Santa. And she said, it was probably your dad. Oh, and we were like, what? And she said, God is magical. And your dad wanted to make sure that you had something for Christmas. This is from your dad. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. The the presents in the bags, What describe the bags. Were they like Santa bags, like red bags? They were red bags. They were oh like, my God. well. Like sacks? Yeah, like big Santa red sacks, but they weren't all red. I remember there, the, there was one that was big and red, and then the other ones were big garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, it's the thought that counts. Yeah. <laughs> but they had bows on them, big bows. On wow. Them. And there were bikes with bows. And, um, oh, my brother, my littlest, the two-year-old got a little horsey thing that you bounce on. You'd sit yeah. on it and bounce. And my uh, the four-year-old got a, um, oh, it's three and five maybe. I don't remember. Got a uh, big wheel. A big wheel. You remember big say. wheel? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was about to say he got a big wheel. Yep. And then me and my sister got little bikes. Okay. So let's, let's, let me ask one more quick question here. How old was your mom when your dad, how old was your dad when he passed away? How old was your mom when he passed away? They were both 21. No, they couldn't be. Cause how old were you? Seven. Your mom had you at 14. Oh, wrong. 29. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, this is, a, this is a whole different story. Okay. <laughs> got married when they were 21. Sorry. Okay, there we go. Gosh, I was like, Damn, your your mom was working it at a young age. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my gosh. All right. So listen, I um I have two more questions for you. Uh, question number one is, what is your favorite holiday gift from your childhood? Like the the holiday gift from your childhood that you always go to in your mind. My uh, Chihuahua Patton. Oh, who got yeah. you a chihuahua? who got you a chihuahua? My mom got me a puppy after saying no, 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 and then there was one at Christmas. Oh, yeah, he was great. And the final thing we do in every show is we say, um, normally I say, "Tell me something good," but in this case, I'm asking you to tell me something holiday good. It can be anything you want. Uh, what? Tell you something holiday good, like a. Story or like just uh, and just a piece of good from that that sparks <laughs> a piece of holiday good. Um, the Pope just came out and said that people who don't believe in God still are good people, and if you live your life according to what is right and what is wrong, that he honestly believes there's a path to heaven. And when I was a little kid going to CCD and I asked the, the nun, you know, can my friends that don't go to CCD, can they get into heaven? She said, what do you think? And I said, I think they can because I have all great friends. And she said, but are you sure they believe in Jesus? Because Jesus is the door to heaven. And I said, well, they believe in God. Well, do they go to church where they believe in Jesus? I said, I don't think so. And she said, well, then they can't go into heaven. And I said, that can't be right. And she said, why not? That's what Jesus teaches us. That's what's right. And I said, but we have an all loving God and Jesus gave his only son to save us. So then why, if people didn't believe, why wouldn't he just ask them when they got up to the pearly gates, if they were sure? And she uh, wrapped me on the knuckles and told me not to talk back. So (laughs) my happy little Christmas thought is at a time when um, so many of us are fighting amongst each other, the different races and the different religions and the different um, uh, uh, political parties, which are practically a religion, I just think it's such an incredibly beautiful thing that this Pope has stood up and probably angered a lot of Catholics by saying, who are we to say 
when the last question, do you now believe in Jesus, comes. Well, also, the, this is the same Pope who just said that same-sex couples who are in committed relationships are as equal as any other family and should be treated. They are they are children of God, and they should be treated the same. So this is the same amen. man who said that in the same week. So it's amen to that. Blowing, and that is, I mean, talk about wonderful Christmas messages. Thanks again, Crystal, for sharing your full good story next time on World Gone Good. I'm going to turn the tables and at least ask you your three questions. Can we do that? Uh, sure. What are you wearing? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask this. Uh, a Speedo, a Dickie, and one of, those, one of those little hats that's got this fan spinning at the top. <laughs> joke. <laughs> We've got one final full unedited recording to share with you. And this one takes us back to episode number 61, our one year anniversary show. My pal from CBS Sunday morning Emmy winner Faith Saley was one of my first three guests ever and she returned for this episode. Get ready to hear our full conversation, which actually has a part in it that turned out to be the catalyst for our 100th episode that also featured faith. It's all faith all the time. I can't wait for you to hear us crack each other up in full. No edits. Until then, be good. <laughs>